was the night before Christmas. Perfect time for a story, I think. In the near future, it's illegal to take drugs or drink. Except for one night, the binge as it's known, where it's perfectly legal to get drunk higher stoned. But this year, they did what you wouldn't believe. They moved the binge to Christmas Eve. What? I'm here for it! Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood, but more importantly, Bryce, yes. I'm beginning to suspect that wasn't uh, snow, but instead Christmas cheer I saw being thrown over a crowd. <laughs> so that was a, uh, a trailer for Hulu's upcoming It's a Wonderful Binge, which is a holiday sequel to the 2020 stoner comedy The Binge. Uh, Danny Trejo's in it. Uh, 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 what's her name from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in it. Uh, and a lot of the original cast from the previous movie are in. Uh, uh, it looks, I, I, I didn't, did no, none of us watched the actual, the binge film when it came not. out. No. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't either, but, uh, interesting, interesting sequel. And I, you know, it's, it's a funny idea to say like, oh, we're doing like the purge, but instead of murder, it's drugs. And also we're moving it to Christmas Eve, uh, just so we can have a holiday movie. That's well, and, and un unlike the purge, where I would imagine that a Christmas themed purge, they, they probably already have done one and have forgotten about it already, mm. um, wouldn't do terribly well. I would imagine that a binge movie only gets better with Christmas cheer. Possibly. Well, we'll find out on December 9th when that comes out on Hulu. I'm, t I'm told uh, I've just this is just coming in from Wabbit Magic. <laughs> Big Voice J is the first 30 seconds of that movie trailer. That's right. That narrator was our own Diamond Club's own big voice, Jay. Uh, that's very awesome. We're super excited for him. That's that's awesome. narration. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, check that out. Do check it out. All right. Uh, let's bring in our guest for today's Cord Killers. The one, the only, she's the greatest. It's been too long since you were on the show, Nicole. Woo! Hi. <laughs> happy, happy, almost Thanksgiving. Uh, I, right. I, I don't want it to be your thing that you have been, it's been too long since you've been on because the only way to like keep that reputation is to go extended periods without being extended on the show Just, or never leave. Right. That's the only way to fix it or never leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll just be here the whole time. It's <laughs> kind of amazing. If you just showed up mid show <laughs> regularly, Hey, Hi. I'm also here. We we I'm we can uh, for the after talk segment record a whole bunch of like two word stingers and just insist that she's been there for every episode, <laughs> just playing two word commentaries at a time. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh huh. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. I love that. That's funny with no laugh. That's, that's good. fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it works in every situation, whether it's funny or not. All right, uh, let's move on to our primary target. Bob's your uncle and also your CEO. Sunday, Disney chair Susan Arnold announced that Bob Chapek was leaving the job of CEO of Disney and being replaced by his predecessor, Bob Iger. Yeah, they're taking Bob Iger out of the vault, but he'll only be here for a limited time, folks. Uh, literally, we'll get to that in a second. Chapek took over as CEO of Disney February 25th, 2020. 
So good timing, Bob Chapek, right before the pandemic started, uh, or lockdowns. Pandemic was already underway, I guess. 71-year-old Bob Iger uh, stayed around. He he didn't leave Disney originally, and some people are whispering that maybe that was part of the problem. Uh, he was an advisor and executive chairman, and he didn't literally retire from Disney until December 31st, 2021. So it's been less than a year since he retired. In June it looked like JPEG's job was safe because they extended his contract. They they renewed it, gave him two more years. Uh, he was good until 2025. Otherwise, his contract would have been up in 2023. Uh, seemed pretty normal. Seemed like things were going well. But a few weeks ago, Disney announced that Disney Plus had lost $1.5 billion. It wasn't a great quarterly earnings report, but it also didn't stand out as a particularly bad one, given all the bad tech and media earnings reports that were out there. Uh, however, investors seem to have lost some confidence. Possibly other things are going on behind the scenes. And Iger agreed to resume the role of Disney CEO for two years while he looks for a successor. So this is a, we needed to get Chapek out of there immediately. I'm going to take over uh, as a steady hand while we look for the next Bob to take this uh, position. Now, here's the other interesting thing. I found out about this news from a friend of mine who's a huge fan of Disneyland, Fat Emo Kid, uh, a.k.a. Eric on Twitter, who seemed very enthusiastic about this. He, he seemed to be glad that Iger was coming back. And then a few minutes later, uh, I was at a Blackpink concert, sitting there eating some food before the concert started, and I heard people next to me discover the news and start enthusiastically like talking to each other like oh this is great the parks are going to be so sick now uh so it seems like a popular choice so uh it, it feels to me uh and nicole i would love to get your take on this um the the question is is like I, personally i don't see how much can change about the parks uh, in such a short amount of time or even during the two-year tenure of, of bob, bob Iger's return uh more importantly i question whether or not was was bob chapek uh, not good ceo or was he the unfortunate inheritor of the disney empire at the moment of the global pandemic a time in which some extraordinary crisis management had to be conducted uh and and but but maybe his performance is irrevocably uh, tied to that moment I think there's uh, two things here. I think the, the the responses from a lot of Disney fans uh, have been very similar to Eric's response and the the, the reactions that you've experienced, Tom. And uh, people were saying, because one of the biggest criticisms against Disney in the past like year or so has been how they've handled parks, how they've handled the theme parks, the the admission, the whole like magic key kerfuffle and the different membership tiers, how expensive it is and the different like, you have to buy an admission fee and a special ticket and a special pass for like certain events. Anyway, so that's that part of it. But then also I feel like that's, I don't know how much of that is Chepex like decision, how much of that is just operational, you know, just as part of the fallout from being in lockdown for the past three years and the parks trying to get their money back. Who knows how much, how much of that is part of it. Um, but I do think it's unfortunate, not just because Chepex was there in the past two or three years, one of the worst years um, in terms of the economy and the lockdown, but also that Iger has is like famous and very well known for like bringing Disney back and like all making all these deals. So, so it's just two things. One, one Chapek is sort of fairly or unfairly maligned, depending on how you you think about it. But also that Iger was so like storied as this like excellent, wonderful 
uh, CEO during this like boom time for Disney. So I think it's twofold, and that's I think that's why they brought Iger back for those two years. So, so so could it be that this is uh, given that this move almost certainly was uh, motivated by uh, you know investor desires to bring back the guy who was there when the sun was shining. It, it, yeah, like, yeah. like I, I haven't seen much in terms of what core commitments or strategies that Bob Iger intends to bring back to Disney that was missing. I, it, it, all of this smells a little bit to me like, like somebody who was just there at the right time. And then unfortunately, yeah. you know, he found the, the fall Bob to, to take <laughs> the last two years. The fall Bob. I'd, I'd say a patsy, but it's more of a bobsy, isn't it? Yeah, like it's I I am not trying to say that this was a big conspiracy and this is this was all planned, but it is odd that Iger steps away right before COVID lockdowns begin. Uh, arguably a great <laughs> thing for Disney Plus, but a horrible thing for theme parks right. and everything else, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then he sticks around until the end of 2021 when he's like, ah, wait, right before inflation starts to run rampant uh, and, and, and layoffs are happening at companies and earnings reports go in the toilet and waits until the investors turn and then steps back in. Uh, because, yeah, we, we tend to forget that the impact of a leader of anything, a leader of a government, leader of a company, uh, continues on after they leave. So it is weird that uh, Iger isn't getting any of the flack for what happened in the two years because a lot of Iger's decision affected those two years. And now, as we, if we, if we really are at the bottom for Disney, as things turn around, Technically, a lot of what Chapek did would be responsible for that, but Iger's going to get the credit because he's going to be taken over. Uh, and it's it's sort of, uh, I would say it it feels kind of unfair for Chapek. However, I wouldn't be surprised, given the fact that Iger didn't actually retire when he said, I'm leaving. He instead took on an <laughs> advisory role. I, I, they work in the same office every day. I'm sure it's the kind of thing where it's like, hey, we're headed towards rough seas. I'm going to hand this to you. Just know these are the projection reports. This is what we anticipate might be happening. Here's plan here A, B, and C. I'm here for a while if you have questions. Exactly, yeah. right? And then and then it just gets to a point where I wouldn't be surprised if the conversation was, Chapek, it looks like you're not having a good time. Uh, it, it seems like the clouds are about to come out. I don't mind coming back. Would you like a healthy retirement program? And maybe it's like, yeah, I, I ate a lot of garbage for you on behalf of the investors. And uh, 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 please get back to being the sunshine guy. So uh, Scuba Dova Girl uh, points out that one of the things Iger is famous for is buying Star Wars, <laughs> Muppets, yeah. Marvel, uh, and, and then asks, uh, what company will Bob Iger buy to fix Disney this time? I, I, I don't know that he has to. I, I think that anytime you launch something as, biz, as, as ambitious as Disney Plus, and granted, and this is the other thing that confuses me, is um, if Bob Chapek was, was not a good leader, I don't know that he could have overseen the most sex, successful launch of a streaming service in the most primed experience. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about, from that earnings call that apparently lost him his job, we were just talking about the fact that the combined bundle passed Netflix, ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus now have more subscribers than Netflix in like two years flat. That, that's huge. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, he's also tied to the worst two years in modern history. <laughs> and I don't know that you get to extract yourself from that. Yeah. 
it's hard. It's hard to be like, but but look what I did in the worst two years. Everyone's like, yeah, but well, and, and and also like let's let's look at uh, Chapex legacy through the lens of. A, a crisis manager, you know, a, a hurricane Katrina comes in, that kind of thing. Uh, mm. uh, they set up the bubble for the NBA over at the ESPN zone mm -hmm. over in uh, yeah. Disney. They they launched the most successful streaming service in the middle of it. Uh, they they I, I don't know how they lost money. Well, I, I guess I know how you lose money. You just spend too much. Uh, but it, it, everything seems to have been very very successful. Just feels like uh, investors wanted something different. Yeah, no problems. <laughs> Apparently, what, what the investors want. Uh, yeah. I'm very curious uh, who Iger taps next. Uh, there was a, a partly catty tweet from Reed Hastings, the CEO, co-CEO of Netflix, saying, uh, "Ugh, I, I'm disappointed. I wanted Bob Iger to run for president. He's an amazing person." Which is also backed, of course, by Ugg. Iger is really good at his job, and now they're competing with us uh, at Netflix instead of just uh, just at, uh, having Chapek in there. But you know, obviously, Disney Plus was doing well competing with Netflix without Iger there, so I'm not even sure what the motivation behind that was. Uh, and that, he still could run like in two years. If he's only going to be there at two years, he could still run for president. Uh, the game of Twitter, sometimes you play just to show up and you pick a bunch yeah. of hot button issues. Uh, president, that's a hot button issue. Ooh, maybe Co Bob Iger will buy Twitter. <laughs> a significant oh, man. Discount. Right. Imagine. All right. Uh, what we would like you to buy costs way less than any of this stuff. It's not $1.5 billion, not $44 billion. It's just, just a couple bucks. Is that? Uh, well, uh, I mean, first of all, I don't like the concept of ownership, man. What mm. I prefer is to support people. I'm a Stakes. Look, uh, a lot of people know me as a hardcore uh, anarcho-libertarian. Truth is, I'm a communist. Uh, you mm. have some money and we want it. And we don't want you to own anything. We want this to be community property. <laughs> so why don't you become a boss over at patreon.com slash court killers. Become a communist boss. Just for a couple bucks an episode, you can boss us around and we'll have to follow your instructions. Yeah. Uh, you could send us to the Kolkos if we... <laughs> to the gulag. Uh, yeah. We should invent a gulag. But mm. we don't have a gulag. But what you know we do have is after talk. That's the segment where we only talk to our bosses. You guys are sending in Secret interesting stuff to talk about and we give you your own rss feed where you get everything early it's fantastic uh patreon.com slash cord killers listen we may change the name to cord commies we don't know <laughs> if it, you know what if somebody gives us 1.5 billion dollars it's we'll cord commies all the way down yep absolutely if that's what they want that's what they get let's talk about how to watch Netflix added a new feature in account settings that two years ago, everyone would have been talking about how awesome it was. And instead, everyone's talking about how cynical it is. Uh, it's called Manage Access and Devices. It shows you all the devices that have recently streamed from your account, and then you can deauthorize those devices individually. Just log them out with a click. To be clear, this has existed previously 
but without the ability to remotely log out the individual devices. You could just, you had to mass log out everything, including the devices you were using and you knew were yours. Now, Netflix pitched this as a way to make sure you're, you know, logged out of that hotel TV or the Airbnb TV. Uh, once you leave, you, they always say they'll log you out, but now you could make sure without having to log yourself out of anything. Uh, but the, the more cynical view was that Netflix was doing this to help people stop folks who they had been sharing their streams with. Now that they're going to start charging people for, for extra streamers, uh, this would be a way to, to kick people out of your account. Uh, Brian, uh, do, do you think this is evil, bad, or, or horrible? Uh, Tom, I'm curious what kind of cynical people you're talking to on the phone minutes before we go live on this program. But as one of those people, <laughs> I can verify <laughs> that there's a middle ground, like in theory. And, you know, I've shared passwords on Netflix or whatever. And then when it came time to you notice that it's like your whole queue's getting messed up and what have you, then you only have one move. You got to change your password. Then suddenly it's like, oh, did you change your password? And then you have a discussion about changing your password. This the killer feature, the ability to passive aggressively keep logging them out until suddenly they call you and they're all like, for some reason, I keep getting booted. You're like, cool. Um, I'm not tech support. Log them out, log them out, log them out. <laughs> and then soon they wow. just get their own Netflix accounts. That's it's insidious. perfect. You don't have to change your password. You get to keep on saying, I haven't changed the password. Everything's cool. Log them out, log them out, log them out. And then you're good. This is brilliant. Uh, Nicole, should Brian learn how to confront people or is this an amazing feature? <laughs> yes, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but um, I I guess I am unconvinced of the sinister nature of this setting um, because, I mean, you should talk to the people that you have your share your passwords with. And well, plus, I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if you do get like uh, someone else logging into like a new device, for example, you will get a notification yeah, saying yeah. like, oh, your account is being shared on a new device, whatever. So you, you know, um, but you, you just, your like, only hey, recourse in the past would be to log everyone out and maybe change your password. Now you could just, yeah, you could just hit that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I, like, I do I take I, I do take fine. Netflix at their word <laughs> that the real value of this is to give you the peace of mind of knowing that your account is logged out from all the places. Uh, if anything, this allows you to I, I would never even consider logging in on a hotel uh, Netflix account. I mean, unless my kid was annoyed and wanted me to do it, and then I would do it. But I would resent it. But now I have the peace of mind of knowing I can <laughs> right. delete them. Right. Also the peace of mind, I'm actually going to increase the password sharing that I do, knowing that I could just <laughs> log them out, oh. log them out, log them out. Also, you should probably change your passwords every so often anyway. Never. Regardless. Uh, it's always I, hooray. One, I disagree five, with that. I disagree oh, with changing okay. the password. If Unless two-factor mm. authentication is not available. But uh, okay, NIST... Fine. NIST, the National Institute of Standards, updated their their recommendations saying making people change their passwords just leads them to choose easier to remember passwords. Oh, well. So it's better also, to just have two-factor authentication and not worry about changing the passwords. Uh, although my yeah. favorite is the new trend that I'm seeing more and more of just show me a QR code. Tell me to take a physical yes. object and, yeah, and boy, that. that's the best. Mm -hmm. That's the best. Yeah. That's and if best. Fido comes along and makes that sort of thing just de rigueur, we won't even have to deal with passwords, but we're probably a couple of years yeah. out 
If but don't scan no. every QR code, yeah. everybody. Don't no, in, just in, scan no, QR codes. No, don't do that. Just in case. Don't just yeah. do it, all of them. It probably yeah. is worth a, a, TV ones. a brief half A QR minute. code is a link. Don't click on every link. <laughs> don't scan every QR code. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. It probably is worth about 30 <laughs> seconds to uh, remind ourselves that a good password is comprised of three different things. It's a thing you know, a thing you have, and a thing you are. So you A have good bio- authentication scheme. Is, Sorry. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, right. Uh, a good way to get into places that only belong to you, right? And uh, uh, so in that regard, the faster we get to all of those being easy, 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 uh, increasingly I'm seeing questions that I'm like, well, that's obscure. I really would be the only one who would know what I was doing on <laughs> prom night or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, and I'm glad we're talking about this feature that way because this is this feature should be for that. This feature should yeah. be for uh, account security, you know, making sure that only the devices I know are logged in uh, and that I know who has my password and all, all of that sort of thing. Uh, I do agree that this was probably a P2 <laughs> bug for Netflix. <laughs> and with the idea of charging people for extra accounts became a P1. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure they always wanted to do this, but it moved higher up the priority list. Because they have the the thing where they're trying to fight password sharing. So, um, yeah. Either way, it's a good feature to have in Netflix for all the reasons we see. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance like now. It's all about location, location, location. Under surveillance. You may or may not be excited about this next item here, uh, but if you're not, try try to just look at it as a milestone, even if you don't care about the show that much. Neighbors is a show in Australia that doesn't really have a direct equivalent in the United States. It was a daily drama on broadcast television in Australia, airing in the early evening. So kind of part daytime soap opera, at least in plot and character, but part primetime drama in the audience it was after, in the time of day it ran. Uh, It ran for 36 years. Big stars got started there. Kylie Minogue started there. Guy Pearce, Jason Donovan, Marco Robbie. Uh, And you may have heard, I think we mentioned it on Cord Killers briefly, it was canceled this year after UK's Channel 5 pulled its co-funding. Channel 5 had been co-funding it because it was popular in the UK for many years as well uh, in syndication. So that stopped being the case, and the series finale happened on July 29th. Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, Guy Pierce, Margot, they all came back for a big goodbye to the 36-year-long run of Neighbors. And now it's coming back. <laughs> Amazon stepped in and bought worldwide rights to make new episodes and air them in the UK and the US on Freevee, its free ad-supported streaming service. Uh, So it's filling in the funding gap that went away when Channel 5 pulled the money. Freevee will also get the back episodes. And if you're not in the UK and the US, you'll be able to watch it in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada on Amazon Prime Video. In Australia, Network 10, which has run it for the 36 years, will keep first-run rights, so they may be broadcast there as well. Uh, So... This, in in one way of looking at it, is not new, uh, but it's new that we're seeing, you know, Amazon Prime be the one to rush in to do this. Um, although they they bought and owned uh, uh, the Expanse, right? And then, uh, but but in this case, they're continuing to have it distribute where it was. Uh, I was thinking about, I was trying to access the earliest time we've talked about this phenomenon, and I think it was maybe. 
12 years ago when we were talking about Friday Night Lights and NBC mm -hmm. uh, getting money from DirecTV at the time. Oh, right. mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I think Netflix later did the same thing, also started uh, trying to keep it up because people were buying it. But this is one of those milestone moments where the over-the-top streamers are showing up doing the same dance that we've seen cable do, which is another sign of, of, of full maturity. Yeah, and and it, it more, more recently compares to the soaps surviving on Hulu, but those are soaps made by Disney, you know, by ABC, which, you know, Disney owns ABC, Disney owns Hulu. This is somebody entirely different. This isn't, you know, uh, 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 10, uh, Australia Network 10, streaming service figuring it out and their parent company this is this is amazon coming in and saying well you'll still get to air it uh but but we'll fund it uh which means it probably as long as people keep watching it will continue for quite a long time i would guess uh, and and the fact that it's going on freebie you know the the ad supported service you know the reason they're called soap operas in the United States is because, you know, it was it was dead dormant bandwidth that was cheap to produce and they could use it to sell a bunch of soaps to housewives. So it's it's sort of apropos that mm. a daily uh, low budget drama, uh, I assume low budget, but uh, if you're making it daily, but would would end up as an ad supported thing. Nicole, do you like Neighbors, Coronation Street or EastEnders better? <laughs> Oh, which one to choose? Which to choose? But I, but I think all three of them have the similar kind of like long-standing, long, standing, long yeah. uh, you know, uh, they've been they've been around forever, generations. Yeah, your grandmother's watched it. Your great mother's watched it. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think it's great to see this kind of thing. And you're absolutely right. As long as there's, as long as there's an audience for a show, and there's a big enough audience for a show. Um, there is a very high likelihood that if there is a wherewithal, if the, the creators are still willing to make it, uh, it'll get picked up somewhere, somehow. And um, I have two responses to that. One is it makes me even more sad about all the Warner Brothers shows um, that were kind of like shuttled off into non-existence. Mm -hmm. And it kind of made me wish that they had the same kind of like a savior <laughs> or something like that but you know that's one thing and another thing that made me kind of um think about this is like will there always be a savior like you know like you know i, I guess it's maybe like will there always be a, a someone to like save your favorite show i don't know man like it still it still needs an audience it still needs that again the people that are willing to make it and people are willing to watch it there are two things that I think are essential for a show to be able to be canceled by one outlet and saved by another. Uh, one yeah. is the freedom of business model. When everybody had the same business model on cable, it was less likely that someone else would look at the show you canceled and say, oh, but I can make a go of it because so many things were similar. You were all on cable. You were all reaching generally the same audience. So having all these diverse ways like freebie versus prime video mm -hmm. in multiple nations at scale gives you more opportunities for someone to play the savior. On the other hand, you also need production to be independent of distribution. Because what you brought up is the exact opposite of that. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery killed some shows and nobody can save them because Warner owns that IP. So they, they it's not that somebody couldn't make them, but they'd have to go over the hurdle of telling Warner Brothers why they should let them license that IP to make mm -hmm. the thing that Warner didn't want to make. And that's unlikely to happen. Uh, so the more often you see 
the cre- the owner of the IP, in this case, Network 10, separated from the distributor, which is Amazon Prime, the more likely you're going to be able to see something get saved that way. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I just realized this could be 20 more minutes and I'm here Over for it. Over to me with sports then. Uh, Apple announced <laughs> details for its Major League Soccer season pass. Remember, we talked about Major League Soccer is entirely on Apple uh, in 2023. You can start signing up for subscriptions on February 1st. So you've got a few months uh, to to get ready. Uh, The season begins on February 25th, and a subscription is going to cost you $15 a month or $99 if you want to pay for the whole season. Apple TV Plus subscribers get a discount. So you don't have to pay for Apple TV Plus to get the MLS package. But if you do pay for Apple TV Plus, it will only cost you $12.99 a month or $79 for the season. Uh, The games will stream on anything that runs an Apple TV app. So Roku's, uh, Android, uh, NVIDIA Shield, uh, pretty much anything uh, you can think of. Smart TVs all have it now. And you can watch it on the web. Uh, There are no blackouts. You can watch your local team. You can watch the out-of-market teams. It's all contained under the same fee. That's a pretty astute maneuver to focus on no blackouts because if you're casual about sports the way I am, it would encourage you to say, what's a blackout? And then you you find out that, oh, wait, other sports are, uh, you know, very kind of chopped up and you can't get everything you want at any time. Having an entire category is a astute move on Apple TV Plus's side. You you watch any any soccer there, Nicole? I know you watch baseball and stuff. Yeah, um, soccer. Like the only soccer I'm watching right now is the World Cup. Really, obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously. Um, no, but I kind of I kind of like this. Um, it makes me wonder. Um, the it makes me wonder if because from what I understand, MLS fans are pretty passionate uh, about what the sport, and it makes me think like they might get a decent Apple TV might get a decent amount of pickup. Um, MLS fans. Yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, at the Bank of California Stadium yesterday, I was thinking about the world champion LAFC and how I should go see them. Uh, But I wouldn't have to. I could I could just drink a beer in my own house and watch MLS (laughs) on Apple TV. Uh, Doctor Who announced that Millie Gibson has been cast as Ruby Sunday. That is the name of the Doctor's Companion in the forthcoming season of Doctor Who, starring Nkuti Gatwa as the Doctor. Don't get too confused. There's going to be three specials, I think it's three, uh, next year with David Tennant, and then the torch gets passed to Nkuti Gatwa uh, in 2024, and that's when Millie Gibson uh, will show up as Ruby Sunday, the Doctor's Companion. Gibson, most famous for playing Kelly Nolan on Coronation Street, a UK series very similar to Neighbors. Uh, so so what's the best way these days to to watch Doctor Who? Is it, is it still... Disney Plus. Yeah. Unless we... you're in the uh, uh, UK or Ireland, then it's the BBC. Uh, but, but no longer <laughs> BritBox or what have you. Yeah, they simplified the whole thing when Disney swooped in and was like, we'll buy all the rights that you'll sell us. And the BBC said, we'll sell you all the rights except for the home market. So there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, are you still watching the Doctor Who, Nicole? Oh, no. I'm Okay. 
I know. It just it just it just became like one show out of many shows that I just stopped watching. <laughs> but I, I I keep up the news at least, but I haven't really kept I haven't really watched it. Uh, finally, Roku acquired 150 episodes of the Great British Baking Show and its spinoffs and has launched a free channel in the Roku app. Uh, Roku, if you don't know, has a bunch of those free, you know, linear channels. So you can get them on demand or you can get them in that channel. Roku is also producing a new season of the Great American Baking Show, Great American Baking Show, uh, coming next year, as well as a holiday episode, which will premiere December 2nd. So, uh, good on Roku. I'm glad they're doing very, very well. And I, I, I guess I'll, I'll hold off on more Roku thoughts until we talk about what we're watching. All right, let's get right to what we have Ooh. our eyes on so we can get Brian's thoughts. Uh, Nicole, uh, what have you been watching lately? Anything you want to tell folks about? Um, I feel like this is nothing new. Uh, like I am a big fan of Star Wars Andor. I feel like every everyone on the internet seems to be a big fan of Star Wars Andor. Uh, I love it. I think it's the best show on TV uh, right now, and probably the best Star Wars since in a long, long, long uh, time. Uh, you know what? Um, uh, I, I'm a fan of know. just ending that sentence at "It's the best Star Wars." <laughs> it's like, the best uh, Star Wars. I, I mean, yeah, certainly since Full Disney stop. picked it up. Uh, were, were you yeah, as yeah, surprised as I was to hear that the numbers weren't stellar for the series? Well, I mean, I have two thoughts on that. One is that yes, it is a little surprising, but two, like. I think I think there are people there are people that say that it's it's not as high ratings because they were burned by Boba Fett or they were burned by X Y Z uh, unsatisfactory Star Wars franchise like Obi Wan perhaps I don't know, um, but it's I don't know I don't know if it will affect it that much. Hopefully it won't. I mean, it won't impact like the overall success or however much they however they they measure the success of a particular show because like i think it's wonderful and you know they are pushing it to i think abc isn't there like under, right. under showing the over, first over thanksgiving episodes. right over thanksgiving on abc so i think that's maybe an effort to like drive traffic to the show yeah, perhaps yeah. and hopefully that will succeed but i mean it is so good and it's um just you know you should watch it if you haven't been watching it, you should watch it. Um, it's just so it's good. Surprisingly it's surprisingly like, like good. It's gritty I was, and real. And, yeah, yeah. I was not yeah. excited to watch it. And then I watched the first three episodes, I think, when because they release them all at three at once. Uh, and I was like, this is great. This is an amazing television show. Good. Not even just a Star Wars show. It gets better. Right? It gets better. It gets better, too, which yeah. is awesome. Um, and then the other show, I'll, I'll just give a brief, brief shout out. It's a movie called Confess Fletch. It's like a sequel. I don't call it a sequel reboot. I don't. I don't even call it about. Oh, uh, like Fletch. telling Fetch. Very popular. Fletch to confess. Confess, Fletch. Confess, Fletch. So Fletch, okay. popular, made popular by Chevy Chase back in the day, uh, but John Hamm is the new Fletch. If you want to look into that, uh, it's a comedy. Um, it was in theaters, but I don't think anybody watched it because I don't hear. I didn't really hear much about it. Um, Comedy movies in general don't really aren't really big in theaters nowadays, which is inter an interesting trend. Um, but it's good. John Hamm is really funny. That's um, really like it's it's very funny. It's a good comedy, fast paced, good clip. There's a mystery around it. Um, just I don't know, very 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 irreverent. Uh, John Slattery is also so if John Hamm and John Slattery are both in Mad Men. I guess they sort of reprise their uh, nice. uh friendship and partnership in this movie so that's kind of cool um 
it's a good you can watch it on paramount plus i think probably on roku somewhere um but it's a good funny comedy and john ham being funny like he is a funny dude he can be funny good to see yeah. him in comedic roles so um yeah Watch it. Very cool. Uh, I just, I'll want to give out a quick shout out for Bob's Burgers, uh, which has been running forever uh, and never lets me down. It always gives me exactly what I expect from Bob's Burgers, uh, but never disappoints me. It's on on Sunday nights. Uh, it's about a family that runs a burger shop uh, and they're not exactly dysfunctional, but, you know, they're not a perfect family. They're very working class and lots of jokes about, you know, things in pop culture, uh, usually some kind of weird musical number. Uh, and it, I watch it on Hulu on Mondays, uh, usually. And it's it's just, you know, 20 minutes long, 23 minutes long, whatever. Uh, and it's always fun. So check out Bob's Burgers if you never have. You'll you'll have a glorious time rediscovering the, the tw- 13, 14 seasons uh, of stuff back there and full seasons too. This is still like a broadcast television schedule of 20 episodes a year. All right. Brian. The movie's great too. The, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the movie yeah. was fantastic. Brief shout out for the movie. Yeah. Movie's good. Yeah. Uh, Brian, uh, let's reconnect to our Roku story. We were talking about the great things they're doing with great British baking, great American baking. Why did you have a, a tone of voice about them? Well, I, I, first of all, let me make clear that this is not a Roku problem. This is a Roku's channel and the types of devices that they happen to be on problem. Uh, I did finally watch uh, Weird, the, the, the Al Yankovic story that we've been talking about for a bit. Um, and it was utterly, utterly delightful and fun and funny and, and laugh out loud, hilarious. Uh, the rarest of gifts is something that starts off looking like one thing, but turns out to be something else. And it does a good enough facsimile because you watched the first 20 minutes, right, Tom? I, yeah, I've got through, I, I had a real busy day, but I did make some time to, to watch the first part of it. And I got through about 20 minutes and, and loved every second. So that first 20 minutes, you could tell, oh, they're doing the traditional biopic thing, right? Yes. They're uh, doing like an 80s comedy biopic for it, sure. It, yeah. it, it, but, but it begins to, it begins plausibly like, uh, uh, okay, this is kind of hammy, but but we're doing the beats. It gets so far off the rails. Uh, spoiler alert, which is not a thing that you normally hear about this kind of movie. I'm serious. I'm about <laughs> to spoil the ending. The ending is Madonna has replaced uh, 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 Pablo Escobar and uh, has Weird Al assassinated. And then it, he dies accepting the award for being awesome. And then it says uh, 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 Madonna is still at large. <laughs> like the whole thing was straight face documentary. It's so much fun. Uh, my, my daughter and I both loved it a billion times over. Please watch it. I, I don't think I took anything away by telling you the ending. Um, the uh, uh, But I, I will say that what did take something away was I didn't I was I was prepped to have to sit through ads. It was kind of neat, I guess, to see the interactive ads that Roku's running on its devices on its channel. Uh, I did not love the uh, uh, the inherent uh, uh, restrictions of of the Roku environment. I didn't love using a remote. Uh, I didn't love hunting down a Wi-Fi spot, having the device tell me that it, this was definitely the best one. And then my daughter closed the door and that altered the Wi-Fi ecosystem just enough that I had to, you know, drop the connection and do it again. Uh, Roku, I, I think, is very, very well positioned, but I think they've they've got a, a bigger technological road to than I previously thought. My, my, my opinion of Roku is actually reduced as a result of going all in and trying to 
use this gateway exp- uh, content moment to fully in- enjoy their environment. Why did you choose to watch it that way? Because I wanted to experience it the way um, uh, most people would, was, oh, oh, Roku, that's the thing that I already have on my TV. And so so I encountered what I think are a lot of the same problems that a lot of people will have. Uh, And uh, I I was surprised that there were just more of them for me. That's not an inherent indictment of anything outside of... um, uh, 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 Roku. I still wish it was faster. I still wish I wasn't using a, 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 a remote. Are you are you using that Roku a lot? Because it could like, uh, just as a devil's advocate, if you haven't used it in a while, maybe setup stuff changes, network yeah, stuff yeah. changes. Uh, could it have? Could some amount of that have been that? Or oh, oh, and certainly it was. Uh, first, I had to update the app on my television, which was not an experience I loved, uh, and then I had to reestablish the Wi-Fi connection, which and then I grabbed the wrong Wi-Fi, which I don't think uh, I, I had. A, it just wasn't very good. It was. It wasn't a very good experience for me. It, it's a. It's a little bit like not having driven a car in a month during COVID lockdown and then walking out and finding your battery is dead. Right. Uh, you know why, <laughs> but, but, but it that doesn't, doesn't make, make it you less fun. frustrated. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what we have got on the lookout, Bryce. Hey, we've got a YouTube pick from, uh, Ulrika, sorry, Ulrika, who writes, I couldn't find time to watch Miami Vice, but I did enjoy the spoiler in time talk. So I've been watching Morgan Richter's Miami Vice changed everything series on YouTube, she summarizes she summarizes the plot of an episode. She talks about the music and the guest stars, uh, relevant clips from the episode. They're only about five minutes or so. It's absolutely perfect for anyone who is short on time but long on the spoiling time. Thanks, Ulrika. Uh, Morgan Richter's on YouTube. She's got a playlist of uh, over a hundred videos about Miami Vice, uh, many of which uh, are episodes. We've it looks like she did up to season five. You so know what I bet Morgan does remembers character names you can only get the forgotten character <laughs> names experience here that's right also, i'm sure she does a great job bryce you know what ulrika <laughs> just did what gave us the ability to still do spoiler time without having to watch the <laughs> no, no, no that's they not went, how it uh, works I, unless every episode includes at least one <laughs> rant on a continuity error or some kind of production foible <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have to include something that proves we're not we're not just cribbing from Morgan Richter. We actually watched the episode ourselves. Uh, so thank you, Ulrika, for the pick. Thank you, Morgan, for the video. She's on YouTube. We'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, check out cordkillers.com for all of that. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, please email it to us. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. How many doghouse systems does it take to keep Brian's light bulbs on? Uh Four. one. Oh. <laughs> but here's the rub. It has to be in your house at home. <laughs> That's why you have to go to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Spell it right. R-O-G-U-E. Big, get yourself, treat yourself. Get a new computer system for the holidays. I just bought one for my 15-year-old's uh, 15th birthday because I made the mistake of introducing her to high-end PC gaming. And, and so, so Thank goodness I, you didn't I'm buy it for her 16th birthday because she turned 15. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> it just sits there in a box <laughs> for a whole year. <laughs> uh, look, they, they treat us right and they'll treat you right. Head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Do you have any anything else to tell the people? Oh, I don't know. It's only the biggest week of the entire year. You know how like all year long, I'm I'm constantly trying to come up with new items to put at scamstuff.com. That's scamstuff gear for the modern rogue. Well, guess what? This is the week. 
keep an eye out. Head on over to gimme.scamstuff.com and you can put in your email and you will immediately find out when all of the Black Friday pricing goes into effect. Spoiler alert, today's Monday as we're recording this. We're going to do things in batches this year. So that, uh, we, uh, I don't know about you, Tom, but for me, the biggest concern I have about ordering anything from Amazon is because Amazon has this new trick they're doing called lying, promising you that stuff will arrive on time for mm, Christmas, mm -hmm. and then it doesn't. So instead, I have this new trick I invented called having physical stuff that I can look at with my human eyes and promise that will be on the mail in the Whoa. next couple of days. Wow. Uh, yeah, we'll see how this works out. Scamstuff.com. If you actually love the people that you're buying holiday gifts for and want the stuff to get there, trust me and not Ted Amazon. I thought I knew all there was to know about the lying game. <laughs> Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. The Crown reached number one on Netflix's English language chart for the week of November 7th through the 13th with 107.39 million hours, reaching number one in 37 countries and the top 10 in 88 countries. Coming in second place was Manifest Season 4 with 74.78 million hours. I, I don't think anyone's shocked by this, but it's, you know, it's sort of like putting it in the record, like, yep, Crown has not lost a step. Everybody's still watching it. So uh, here's one I've not noticed, uh, but uh, YouTube has created a new launch animation sound similar to what several apps do, like Netflix's da -dum. The new YouTube sound will play as you launch the app, starting with TV-based apps. Have, have they already implemented this? I it's haven't on, noticed it myself yet. It's on so. some apps. Like it, I find yeah. out that Apple TV doesn't like doing boot sounds, except mm. on HBO Max now it does. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a, 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 you can listen to it here. Oh. Oh, you oh, did I think not I have just launch that. a YouTube app. That is just yeah. Bryce playing. Also, the they've had boot sounds before. I'm, I'm good. Uh, this is a very small hill I'm going to die on, but they've had boot sounds before for YouTube. I've heard yeah. them. <laughs> yes, they have. They have. They have. Yeah, but was it this good? I've heard them. Did it end it wasn't, with a flourish? It wasn't that good, I guess. I don't know. The flourish. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, you know, Netflix is is kind of slowly creeping into the video game space, uh, and this is a significant move here. They they keep releasing mobile games, but Netflix has made the game Immortality available for iOS as part of your Netflix subscription. Immortality launched in August. This is pretty new, but it launched for PC, Xbox, and PlayStation where it is nominated for Best Game Direction and Best Narrative at the Game Awards. Uh, now you can watch, play it on iOS without paying anything beyond what you're already paying Netflix, if you're already paying Netflix. The game lets you edit footage from three movies featuring a fictional actress named Marissa Marcel, and then you review the clips in order to solve a mystery. Uh, I, I would love to hear somebody who's gotten hands-on and really experienced the game in this way. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Please reach out to us. Uh, meanwhile, Quentin Tarantino was asked uh, if he or says he plans to shoot an eight-episode TV series in 2023. He gave no details on what it would be uh, or what, where you'd be able to watch it, but he was asked... What comic book would you adapt if you were given a choice? And he said Marvel's Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. So this was a very clever piece of writing on Variety's part. Uh, Variety reporting on the conversation. He said he was going to shoot an eight-episode TV series. Next paragraph. They also asked him what Marvel show he would like to make. It's this one. Shrug? Hmm. <laughs> Is that how they connected? <laughs> I don't know. It's Quentin no. Tarantino. He'll probably never make an eight-episode TV series. Who, who, who the hell knows? No. But uh, 
I, I do like the idea that Tarantino has said, done making movies. And I was like, but now I will make TV shows. It'd be kind of fun. It's not the first time he's done TV shows. He's done, he's directed a bunch of shows. Yeah, uh, uh, that that would be a squirrely way to announce a thing <laughs> or, or, or to scoop uh, that, that particular topic. That feels like a trial balloon to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, a couple more notes here. The White Lotus has been renewed for a third season with new characters and a new location. Uh, they have said they wouldn't mind if Jennifer Coolidge was the only character to keep showing up in every season, but they didn't confirm that. So uh, we, we don't know. Uh, we also don't know what the location will be. And Peacock announced that the second season of Bel Air will premiere on February 23rd. So if you're watching that, coming back at the end of February. Uh, Nicole, are, are you watching White Lotus? No, I haven't been watching White Lotus. I mean, I've heard good things about it, though. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the dispatches from the front. Andy Beach writes, Hi, gents. The strangest thing happened to me last week. I was in Huntington Beach, California at Streaming Media West, a small tech conference I've gone to for years. There I was, sitting out having drinks with old friends, and I could have sworn I heard cord killers whispered on the breeze. Still, I put it out of my mind, and the next morning, while I was walking back to the last day of the conference, two crows landed near me, and I'm fairly sure one looked me squarely in the eye and muttered, cord killers, then flew off. Anyway, that night on my flight home, I was catching up on podcasts and I realized I was summoned to respond. Next time, just send the guy a text, says Andy. Okay, Andy, we'll just text you next time. Anyway, the question was, are those old Netflix servers uh, that that are being sold off, which Brian rightly called out as having shown up on Reddit, uh, viable to reuse by someone to extend a specific company's capabilities? In a nutshell, Technically, a company could do that, though I suspect they'd spend way too much time maintaining them versus just using modern cloud deployments that they can lease or rent to get the same impact. Where this old infrastructure does help is rural or network isolated areas, some parts of Africa, some parts of India, some parts of the rural United States, where telcos and CDNs haven't invested in infrastructure. To that end, friends of mine in the industry set up a nonprofit a few years ago called Help Me Stream, whose goal is to take donated old computer hardware and build out small streaming server farms that can be deployed in remote areas by charitable organizations serving those remote communities. They're helping extend the support these organizations provide in these spaces and helping connect these communities to the internet. There are some who argue it is very inefficient to run this old tech. Older servers almost always use more electricity to run, but Help Me Stream also investigates running those deployments off solar or other alternate electric sources to help offset some of that. It's a worthy cause. I suggest folks check out their homepage to learn more, hmsrf.org. And shout out to Tim Siglin, who runs this group, and Dom Robinson, who has contributed a great deal of time and knowledge to the deployments. Dom also runs an international association called the Greening of Streaming, focused on improving the underpinning environmental efficiency that underpins our industry at greeningofstreaming.org. Andy... Uh, next time I will text instead of sending the crows, uh, or, or just subtly going Andy as we talk about something. Uh, thank you for this answer. This is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I love the idea of upcycling. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I'm remembering the trivia factoid correctly, but at some point I've read that 
the, the greenest car is like a 1994 Honda because it already exists and you don't have to build a new Honda. Uh -huh. And so I, I rather like that. Uh, then we also got an email from Kyle in Tampa, Florida. I uh, said, my wife and I just finished our overseas trip to the UK and France from Florida, and I found it interesting how my streaming services worked while on the trip. I did no research ahead of time other than download movies and shows I was interested in ahead of time. Uh, Brian, should we go back and forth on, on his, uh, oh, his yes. awards? Yeah. And first of all, shouts out to not preparing and giving the authentic experience. Uh, that's Brian approved. Coming in. At number one, the MVP of the trip is... Netflix. It just worked. Shows and movies I downloaded were available on airplane mode or not, and only a few select items I downloaded once my phone knew I was in another country did not work. I assume if I stayed in airplane mode long enough, the content would stay available. The splash screen when I opened the app even knew I was traveling and recommended content about the country I was in. Coming in at second place, it's... YouTube Premium, almost the same scenario as Netflix. My downloaded content was available, whether I had a connection or not, and my experience was almost always the same as if I was at home. Coming in at third place, 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 place. Amazon Prime, 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 Prime. All my content was available, and I only noticed a few shows unavailable due to licensing. The app also acknowledged I was overseas and showed me content geared towards my trip. Rounding out fourth place. Disney Plus was on the same level as Amazon. I did not really expect it to work at all, but was surprised when it did, and I was able to keep up with Andor while I was gone. And the fifth place. Oh, I, I realize there's one below it. Fifth place. Hulu did not work at all overseas. <laughs> well, that's terrible, Tom. That sounds like Hulu was a disaster. Couldn't it be worse, right? Uh, worse than that was HBO Max. I have always had issues with the HBO Max app, and overseas didn't work any better, even while not traveling. HBO Max will not show you your downloaded content unless you have a very good internet connection or your phone is on airplane mode. My downloaded shows worked on airplane mode, but the moment the app realized I was overseas, the app locked me out of my account, even downloaded media, and refused to work again until the app saw I was back in the United States. Now, I know the easy answer would be to use a VPN, but I thought this was a good view of what it was like for people that don't think that far ahead or are more casual. Thank you, Kyle. I mean, the mere fact that he selected content to download and prepare for the trip is more preparation than I would have done, Nicole. <laughs> Uh, just want to add, so I also made a, a, a recent trip to Europe uh, in last month, and I did, I did a very similar thing. I want to add Peacock, also awful, awful. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I, I downloaded some shows to like, watch on the plane, but then I couldn't even log on to the app because you have to log into your account to oh. watch the downloaded shows, <laughs> but you need an internet connection to log into the app. I'm just like, but I downloaded the shows, but I can't even go into anyway. Horrible, horrible. I do not recommend yeah. Peacock either. Uh, I will note, uh, just just for, for for the record, uh, the three top or the the four top uh, places from Kyle are all international presences: uh, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, YouTube Premium, and Netflix. They all work in hundreds of markets. Uh, HBO Max uh, works in many markets, but not a lot of markets it's certainly not as much as the other four and uh peacock and hulu only work domestically they only work in the u.s they don't work anywhere else so there there's there you go i mean that kind of kind of sorts them out right there yeah 
Uh, well, Nicole, thank you for being with us again. It was great to have you. Uh, if folks want to follow what you do, uh, uh, is there a place on the internet anymore they can go? <laughs> All right. So I'm in the process of building out my my blog, but it's kind of like in under construction right now. So don't go there yet. <laughs> you have a gift. But I, in, in the mean, <laughs> I, have to, I have to like figure, you know I don't know admitted give like a little construction worker um but in the meantime you can go to mastodon.cloud slash at nicole i believe that's the way to get me on there um or if you still want to go to that site with the bird on it because you can go there i'm at nicole um it's twitter i don't it's tweet anymore on you that but say the name. I can, you can, there's, there's, there's my contact info on there. So you can like reach me out on the various links I have on there. But, um, so if you want to find Nicole, go to twitter.com slash Nicole, and then you can find the places that Nicole will actually be at. Is yes. what you're saying. Yeah. All right. There you that, go. That's easy. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Nicole. <laughs> it was great having you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash notattack Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>